Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Everyone to the Hot Master Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson. And whoo, okay, <clears throat> I know, I know, I say this all the time. I'm sweaty. I'm sweaty because we just had an awesome dance party. It's so I, right before I we had gotten on, I had got my oils out. I was all excited, and I love peppermint. It makes me feel really invigorated. I put a little bit here on my neck, and then as soon as I started dancing and started sweating, if you know anything about oils, it like just makes it feel like it's burning, and it's just a, it's a good burn. It's great. Anyway. And it's adding to my warmth. (laughs) So before we get started, I want to introduce you to the audience. So I'm going to do that officially. And then I want to, I want to comment about some of the songs that you chose before we actually dive into the, like the hot mess to awesomeness stuff. So For those of you that don't know, Deirdre Maloney is an author, speaker, and self-proclaimed shame shifter. Okay, I fucking love that term. Shame shifter who is inspiring people to recognize their full potential in living a wholehearted life. She has has a transformational life story. Yes, she does. Proving that the human spirit can suffer and still thrive. Her self-help book, Unfold Me, which I have here, walks the reader through the dark times in her life, then out of the shadows and into the light. So we are going to dive into that because that speaks even just that small snippet. And of course I have learned a little bit more about you and it really, really speaks to my soul about this idea of moving through. And then from that thriving, thriving, of course, is a very powerful space to be in. And now, you know, for the past few years, so many of us just surviving and um, not, I think even for some like myself, not even realizing we were in survival mode Um, because it was sort of all around us. Okay. So we are going to get to that, but I wanted to comment on one of your songs. So your songs are fantastic. Love them. And one of them, Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. So I was listening to those lyrics and of course it's about not fitting, not wanting to work so hard to fit in that choosing the people you want to be around with. And whether that's one person or many, it's really about that. And, and noticing how the crowds really aren't your people and that you don't have to stay in that. And I always find it fascinating when pop songs, especially, but all songs, but pop songs in particular that are written as love songs or ballads or, you know, from you to another when you re-envision it as you to you, right? Mm. So as I was singing that and, and being with it, I was really kind of feeling like that was me and my higher self and me saying like, I love me and I fit in with, like, I belong to me. Like it was just, and I was getting all goosebumpy and it was, I was that into my hot flash. And I, I just wanted to say, thank you for that. I'm not sure if that was any part of your intention when you selected that song, but, but yeah. So, oh, I love that. that. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That is so nice. Yeah. (sighs) Great song. Yes. And so you are, we've been trying to get onto this podcast for a little bit. 
we had, I had to cancel at the last minute, partly for a little bit of self-care and some other things going on. And so now you are, I know you're joining me from another country altogether, because if you're watching the video, you can see that she's got her doors open and it's sunny. And if you know where <laughs> I am in Canada, it is snowing. And so it's a whole different yeah. thing. So I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to join us today. When we met, I was instantly drawn to the energy that you put out into the world, the amazing things that you're doing with, with women, with sport, with healing, and, and you've shared your story in a beautiful book, and I have it here, Unfold Me, and we're going to definitely talk about that. One of the things that struck me, this one sentence, and I kept coming back to it, was walking through the fire of difficult emotions is the only way to move forward. And yesterday I was having a conversation with someone and she was feeling like she had been holding in things for so long as dutifully as she was meant to as a good girl and is just so afraid that as soon as you turn that tap on, it will never stop rushing. And I said to her, I said, I think that's this, this crazy thing that we all think that as soon as you open the door, the floodgates will come and you'll never be able to stop them. But in reality, those emotions are finite. Once you move through them, then you get to up level and, and move into another space. Mm. Yeah. So please, please tell me <laughs> how you arrived at this knowledge and awareness. What inspired you what sort of brought you to this place to create this book and and other amazing things that you're doing I mean again you you like I'm making little sort of popcorn things here but you have amazing light that you're shining in a variety of areas so tell us a little bit about your story and, and what brought you to this place yeah so it's interesting you know you talk about the tap turning it on I think a lot of people fear that that they have a lot of suppressed emotions a lot of suppressed trauma and they think if I start talking about it and I let this out, it's going to be an explosion and it's going to blow everything up and it's going to burn and the smoke's never going to stop or the water's never going to stop. I'm going to be drowning, right? Because it does feel that way. And sometimes when you're in that healing process, it seems like it's going to take forever. But I'm here to tell you <laughs> that, that you it does ebb, right? You, you, it ebbs and flows. And I think it sort of doesn't ever stop, but the periods that it lasts for, like you have these calms for a long time and then you'll have a short little bump where it kind of all comes back and it hurts again. And then, but then you get a nice long reprieve and, and instead of feeling so tight and bound up that you can't share who you are, because essentially all of our experiences make up who we are. And if you feel like you can't express that, you're not being true to yourself, right? And I think that's so damaging to women and to men too, of course. So I am all about sharing your story. Share your story. Share it with a trusted friend. Share it with your therapist. Share it in your book. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go all out like I did. Um, the reason I decided to take it that far of actually writing the whole story out and sharing it was because I knew other women and men were, sh were shamed and hiding just like I was for years. I hid for years, didn't tell anyone. And uh, I often felt like when I was in a conversation with someone that I couldn't 
say certain things. They're like, no, don't go there. Oh, they're talking about education. Okay, you got to move it over, right? Because you don't have education and we can't get into a situation where people know this and, you know, and you're constantly trying to hide these parts of yourself in fear that you'll be rejected and that nobody will want to be your friend or nobody will love you and accept you, right? And coming to the realization that like when I let it all out and told everybody everything, literally with a book, <laughs> I was just like, I can't take it anymore. I, I felt like the world was coming down on me and that I, I just, I said, I don't, if nobody likes me, I don't care. I, I can't keep this inside anymore. I'm smothering myself. You know, I was to the point where I didn't want to leave the house. I was had so much anxiety, I was scared to go out. And you know what the truth is, is that people embraced me tighter. They were so like, wow, you can share that about yourself. Like maybe I can share something about myself too. It gave them this feeling that they weren't alone mm -hmm. and they wanted to be closer to me because they felt that connection. Like she knows something or you know what I mean there was just yeah. a connection of like wow and I lost a few people but they weren't really that important anyways and I kind of knew I was going to lose them mm -hmm. right because I knew that they weren't willing to go deep they wanted to hide right and uh, and that was fine if that's their journey you know maybe down the road they'll come around and that would be great but um yeah you, you know you thank you number one thank you for doing this every, every light that chooses to shine really just helps to illuminate for so many. Right. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm so very grateful that you have gone down this path and really chosen to dive into like all the things about yes. your story. And something you just said really resonated with me was that, you know, you were feeling like you were sort of suffocating yourself or, or you were trapped. And so the vision I have, you know, so many of us or all of us have a sort of a core self, an authentic self, that, that honored space of, of who we truly are. And then as a normal process of being a human, we create this outer shell, like a persona, like a character that we play. So I'm a, so we both happen to be, you know, we're white women. And so then this is part of our story and and so I'm putting out like, okay, I have this as one of the role. I'm a mom. So this is part of my story. And this is what a mom does. And this is what a Canadian girl does. This is what a, what, you know, an add in, I worked in education. So this is what I do. And every time we sort of adopt a role, we would adopt all the criteria that we thought meant went with that role. And then we would play into it like a character. And then we would choose people to interact with our character. And so for someone who is feeling the that at their core the dist the between their authentic self and their character there's just a pit of shame you know mm -hmm. it makes this it makes the gap wider so the distance between your true self and your character self just gets bigger and bigger and what's interesting is that the more that that character becomes the only thing that you're living into the more sort of suffocated you feel your authentic self has no way out has no path and um and and we I don't know a person who doesn't do this. So for whatever that looks like, that we're all playing into some kind of character. Now, the distance between our true selves and our character equates to the level of wholeness or truth or love that we feel that we're experiencing, in my opinion, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that 
what we've been conditioned to believe is that it's the character that matters. When of Mm -hmm. course, in reality, that's not true at all. It's the character that gets, that fits into the social norms. It fits into patriarchal structure. It fits into, you know, into all the boxes that are been created around us. And then in that moment, that's you and, and brilliant other women around the world who are doing this work, but that you would like, okay, bye-bye character. And I'm going to sh- just step out and y'all don't like it. Then that's just too damn bad. And, and what you had said is that people drew you in closer because the closer you get to that authentic space, the more aligned, the more high vibe. I mean, all of those pieces, um, the more that that becomes your truth. And, and I can appreciate, we always, when we make a shift or we get closer to who we truly are and we show that vulnerable soft side or underbelly, not necessarily a soft side. Some people are not ready for that because they're, they're so used to interacting with their character. And now that, now that that's gone, they're like, but I don't, then I don't know who I am. Right. And so you're right. Their path, maybe down the road, that will be a journey they venture on. Maybe not, but um, I'm just, I'm, so grateful that you have taken this path and that you were again doing this work because I, I think the more we talk about how important it is or how powerful it can be or how just fucking awesome it is to be in that space yeah. the more we can peel away that fear that prevents us that keeps us in character yeah so because there really is nothing to fear I mean it's all been good on the other side you know really really has you, you find your people they they come to you when you express your true self they really do and you know getting connected in some kind of community is so important for support in doing something like becoming yourself <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, lucky to meet an amazing group of women in a community circle that was like a support group this is you know I'm almost having a nervous breakdown I guess about Five years ago, this world crashing down on me. And my husband was pushing me, like, you got to go get help. You know, like this, we can't live like this. So I, I went to this support group and I met all these women. And that's where I found that is that, you know, all our stories were different, right? Like you got divorce, you've got death, you've got having an affair, like it's just all these different issues. And then I come in with mine that are totally different from anybody. And I just come in with, listen, I used to be a prostitute. I smoked crack. I was homeless. I only have a grade eight education. And I thought like, I'm going in with all this stuff. They're going to look at me and be like, you're disgusting. We don't want anything to do with you. But they understood the feelings under it because I, I was feeling guilt. I was feeling shame. I felt like I didn't belong. And they all felt the same way, just, but their issues were different. And so they accepted me because they're like, no, we understand. We feel the same way you do, even though they had a totally different story. And that to me was just so cool. I was like, oh my God, we all feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we all, and then you go to the grocery store and, and you're looking, I'm like, I know you feel like I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we all and- feel the same. Literally, like it's, you know, we all have those same insecurities and fears inside, no matter what your story is. And how, how empowering was that for you at that mm. moment? It really was a big deal for me. I mean, I stayed in this group for a year. It was, you paid to be in this group. It was run by two professional therapists. 
I stayed with them for a year. It was, it was huge. By the end of this group is how I started writing the book. Mm -hmm. They gave us a, a project. They said, write us a, whatever, a paragraph, two paragraphs, and it's going to start there. Once was a little girl and then just keep writing. Whatever comes out, comes out. So I did it and I started writing. All of a sudden I had 3000 words. I was like, oh, that's a chapter. <laughs> like, you know, I, and I could keep going. Yeah. So I just decided, let's just write this book. If I publish it, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's just write it. It just felt so therapeutic. So that's another thing I recommend to people is write. I know you're really into the journaling, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's such a great way to release things, mm-hmm. right? Or write letters to people, someone you hate or you're angry with, you just write it to them and then you burn it or whatever. So good. It's unbelievable. And I mean, I could go and research a little bit more of the science on the magic or sorry, the, the, what happens when you pick up a pen and it just comes out your head, down your arm and out your hand. And all of a sudden something absolutely miraculous happens. You uncover things you didn't know you knew. And Mm. I've always been, you know, a big part of the work that I do when I share journaling and I'm like, make all my clients do it. And they love me for it. I'm sure they do. But really getting curious about your own thoughts, getting curious about your own behavior, getting interesting. I didn't th- what does that mean for me? Okay, so that happened. And then, and then you incorporate those powerful experiences of being with others, whether it's women's circles or any circle or any opportunity to hear the stories of other humans, um, knowing that their story is completely different, extremely unique to them, yet somehow you share so many common threads and the learning that you can undergo about yourself, just listening to someone else's story, and then it gets you to reflect differently on your own story. So stories in my mind are, are what I call perspective shifters, right? Cause then you kind of go, Oh, I never looked at it that way. And Oh, yeah. I never looked at myself that way. And right. And I, I love all my guests that say that writing's cool because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And whether it is, a journal, you choose to actually take something that you want to share into the world. The letter thing, I got to say, I absolutely love that idea of writing letters to others. And I, I remember I had a group and I challenged them to write thank you letters mm. to people who caused them discomfort and in any way, shape or form. And, and they were like, thank you letters. I'm like, because you know, as you look at what it is that you can take from that experience, the learning that you gained and all of that, but just to have it done and to say that new yeah. perspective, right? Looking at the situation differently, looking at the person or the experience differently. Absolutely. It, it helps you to rewrite you mm, yeah. in the moment. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about, so here you are literally pouring out onto the page. 3000 words at a time. And tell me about the experience of revisiting, retelling, reliving, reimagining, re-exploring those experiences now through the lens of who you are in this moment and what that's done for you as a person. Yeah, it, it wasn't overly difficult because I told the story to myself so many times in my head, right? You watch this movie of your life constantly, right? Well, I try not to anymore. I try to be in the moment, but I had played through, you know, so many different traumas so many times. So actually writing it out wasn't overly difficult, but it was very therapeutic. I think it really helped me take it from being stuck up here to like, 
it's done now. Like it's over. It's on the paper. It's gone. If I ever want to relive it, I can just pick up the book and read it. I don't have to like store it up here anymore. So that was really cool. I, I like that. And, you know, I just love that I, that I did write it because I think the thought of writing it was way scarier and more difficult to deal with than actually doing it. I was really nervous. I remember my husband once wanted to get into my computer when I first started writing. I was like, nope. I put like a new password on it. I'm like nobody is looking at my work. Like the first, it's so vulnerable, right? To, to have that stuff on paper. Because number one, I mean, you don't even know if you're a good writer, right? right. So you're, you're writing it and you're like, this could totally be shitty. And then it's your most vulnerable self on there. So, you know, it's difficult. So you're, you're overcoming so many things by writing, right? You overcoming, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in multiple ways, right? Mm -hmm. Sharing yourself, but then also being creative, showing your creative side and how important is creativity, right? In, in growth, Mm -hmm. we have to tap into it. And I believe as a child, I loved writing. Um, I always wrote short, short stories and I just, I was really good in English. And I remember when I was in grade eight, I think I said to my dad that I wanted to be a journalist when I grew up and he was like, oh yeah, okay. But there was no encouragement. Like, yeah, of course you're going to do this. Like, you know, maybe let me find you a writing course on the side to take. Like there was no encouragement for it at all. So I thought, well, no, dad didn't really sound excited. So I probably am not really good at writing. And I just think I am right. And so tapping back into the writing now as an adult, it brought back, like, it was like nurturing my inner child, right? And, and giving her what she wanted as a little girl, she wanted to write. And so I think for anybody, like, look back, what did you love to do as a child? Did you love playing with puppies? Did you love golf? Did you love <laughs> singing? Do it now as an adult. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Don't be anything. Just go do it because it's going to fulfill a little part inside of you that needs nurturing. Oh, yes. Yes, please. I, (laughs) it's interesting how creativity at its core has been such a profound element in the healing of so many people that I'm, that I know of. And, and I use the word creativity loosely. I think a lot of people may perceive that to be in relation to art or something Mm. of that nature that's not necessarily the case. I'm like, if you are the best at making the most beautiful Excel spreadsheets on the planet and you can make it do X, Y, and Z and do all, I mean, that's, that's a creative energy. And for me, I like you had passions and things that excited me that were creative, that tapped into my innate genius. And I could talk about a Ted talk that talks about the innate genius, the creative genius of children that somehow leaves them by the time they're 20. And anyway, that's a whole Mm -hmm. other thing. But, and I remember this, I, I'm not creative. I I was that person. I'm not creative. I don't do art. I don't do things like that. And recognizing that that pattern of that belief pattern sort of went in tandem with survival mode. So as Mm. I was uh, getting older and dealing with what I call in my life, everyday traumas. So things that were just repetitively sort of stifling and pushing me down and, you know, keeping me in survival mode all the time. I just like, don't know what things are going to happen and where things are going to go. Didn't leave a lot of room for like 
let's go see where this is going to go. And this (laughs) would be wonderful over here. And it really created this pattern of a need for control. And I, I, the reason I am here now doing this, feeling healed, healing was because of creativity was because of my willingness to be like, I'm going to get messy, make something, do something out just for me. And, and for the people who are like you had said, feeling sort of trapped, suffocated by that, like constant role that you're playing. It's when we break free of that need for control and lean into what feels good, what feels Mm. right, what brings us joy. And I love the idea of like, just sit for a minute and go, what did you love? Yeah. That's some powerful stuff. Yeah. Got to play. Yeah. (laughs) So, so there you are writing this book, um, vulnerable, open, raw, all at the beginning. And then it starts to take shape. It starts to come together. You start to share it with them. I'm going to guess some select few. What prompted the, Hey, I'm going to publish it beautifully and send it out to a bunch of people. Like (laughs) what, what prompted that shift? I think I was terrified to do that. I was terrified to publish it and share it. You know, there are some stories in there that are not, not do not make me look like the best person. I, you know, it's, I, I don't hold back. I remember uh, when I was talking about publishing it, one of my brothers says to me, he wants to put a halt on it. He doesn't want me to publish it. He thinks I'm going to shame the family. And he says to me, I'll tell the truth if you publish that book. And I said, dude, there is nothing (laughs) that you have on me that is not going in that book. Tell, because it's already in there. So, I mean, we are talking like it's nitty gritty. Like I I go through it all. And so the thought of releasing this, because like you said, you know, I'm really into sport. I'm so much into sport that I found the largest all-female competitive cycling team in Canada. And I have a youth Mm -hmm. development program. So these girls are, you know, the age 17 to 23 is is sort of youth in cycling and you know I have like six seven girls on my team and I'm thinking oh man you know I don't know if I can put this out there like what are these girls these young girls they look up to me like I don't know if this is a good idea but you know they were some of the most supportive because they were like thank you 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 make me feel like I can do anything like if you can share that stuff about yourself and still be this awesome person, then I feel like I can too. And uh, yeah, so that was really empowering to me to know that young people could appreciate that type of vulnerability and we're looking for it in other mm-hmm. people, right? I also, I just, you know, I had so much fear around it. So of course, you know, I'm seeing my therapist very regularly before I publish. And I keep saying to her, I'm like, listen, Cindy, are you sure I can say this? It says right here, prostitute, giving blowjob, you know? And she's like, yes, (laughs) you can. I say to my husband, babe, listen, are you sure? Like your friends are going to know. Mm-hmm. that I was a crack smoking hooker are you sure babe just if, you, if it feels good go for it so I had all these people encouraging me right even though I was so terrified I'm so I'm happy I can laugh about it right 
<laughs> oh, this is it's so long ago, right? You know, I was 16 years old when, when some of this stuff was going down. Like, I was just so young. And what am I 42 now? So I don't know what, that's almost 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Ago. And yeah, I feel literally like a different person today. And I think that that's what I was afraid of, is that people would read the book and they wouldn't be able to separate the me today Mm-hmm. from the person back then and someone actually did say that to me she said she had trouble believing that that was me in the book and how could I really be me today right like it was like difficult for her so that's I was afraid of that that people would judge me based on that my past right. and not on what I've accomplished now today and who I am today okay. but most people that know me well know you know that I'm a goody goody now. I find it interesting, not saying anything about, I know nothing about the people that you're referring to, obviously, but often people will judge us not based on what we did, but what, who on who they are. Yeah. And often, and, and not because they, it's fear, right? So for someone who perhaps is living in their character deep, Mm. The idea that you could get that connected to your higher self or that you could expose some reality in that way and it's and you and you're still okay. Like that could be unfathomable to some people who aren't there's no way that they feel that they could do that. That that's just well, society a, a pressure. Thought. I mean, in my situation, I have to say I'm lucky because I'm self-employed. So I didn't have to worry about a boss. Right. Right. I did take my children, obviously, into great consideration. And it's something that still concerns me a little bit is like my oldest daughter's 22. So she read the book and she's totally fine with it. But then I have three younger ones that are like 11, nine and four. So they don't they know mom had a troubled past, but they don't know details. And so they're still going to have to find out about it and then find out that I wrote a book and shared it with everybody. So that I still a little bit, I'm just like, oh, how's this going to turn out? (laughs) But I'm sure because they're raised in a family that is so open. And so we talk about everything. Nothing is off the table. We have very uncomfortable conversations quite often that they will handle it with grace, I'm sure. And I think too, you know, the the behaviors that we choose to lean into. And so the environment that you're, that your family is experiencing, you also then attract in more of that. And, Mm. you know, for my, like, I I think of myself and just a completely different storyline, but just things that my children experience that not everybody else may understand. And I think about, you know, they are going to figure out how to deal with that based on how I deal with it. Yes. And so because you are empowered and you feel confident, like, yeah, this is, this has been a great space for me, a great space of release and love and growth that whatever someone else thinks about it, that has nothing, it's kind of none of your business. It's just like, this is what has meant for me and for them to go, well, that's what it's, that's what it is then that yes. it just is. And I think that that's one of the greatest gifts I think we can offer our children in the next generation is to model the behavior we want them to have. Right. Yes. And, yeah. um, and of course, worry and fear are going to pop up, but yeah. you have done so much transformation that now yeah. you may, you're recognizing the fear as opposed to responding through it. 
right? So yes. oh, there, that, there it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so well, it's really important for me too to let them know that no matter what mistakes they make in life, they are still valuable. They are still lovable. They can still pick themselves up and start all over again. Right. And uh, that it's very important to love and accept yourself exactly as you are, even when you have made terrible mistakes. And so I think that that message is there in the book is look, mom is accepting herself, even though I did these terrible things and you can too. Right. So, and that was for uh, the the audience out there that was going to read my book is to say to them, like, you you don't have to hide. You don't have to feel shame. Right. You, you can own your story and still be a great person. You don't have to be attached to that. That doesn't have to be who you are today. You can move on and you're allowed to, (laughs) you're allowed to move on from it. You said something earlier that you, you feel like a new person or a different person. Oh yeah. And again, coming back to, you know, when you drop the, the criteria of the characters that we, that are made up, we make Mm. that shit up. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough. So the criteria you've created for mom, wife, entrepreneur, whatever, and then what that's supposed to look like, sound like, be like, and who you're supposed to be with. And as a result, and we, we just make it up. And so when, when we can shed that and go, you know what, you know, what mom looks like to me, this, an entrepreneur and author and leader and inspirational, awesome person. I just, I think that we, again, it's conditioning, right? We've been conditioned yeah. to, to believe it's only this way and that you have to fit in. And so I want to just say, so going back to that song from the beginning yeah. and while we were dancing, I wrote down the who wants to fit in anyway? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the title <laughs> of this episode. So awesome. <laughs> I kind of had that's a great. feeling it was going to go there because it's not about fitting in. It, it truly is about feeling like that sense of belonging that comes from within. Mm. And when we own our story, I'm feeling like I'm channeling a little Brene, Brene. But when we, when we choose to own our story yeah, and it takes it, it can alleviate that sense of shame. And it also puts us in that power position where if other people have opinions about it, whatever, because yeah. it's my story. I own yeah. it. You don't own it. You don't get to yeah. decide how it goes, what matters and what I do about it. Right. Yes. So, so yeah. When I am sitting in a shame shit storm, I put on Brene Brown call to courage. I've watched that at least five times. <laughs> I get my blanket. I get on the couch and I watch Brene and she makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, I have not read her new book. A friend of mine is listening to it right now. And she's like, hmm, preach Atlas of the heart. So oh, she, oh. and she's from what I gather like and I, and I apologize to Brene because I'm sure she's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> I apologize that I, I have not done my own deep dive there, but she helps okay. to unpack and identify different emotions, where they reside mm. and how they function. And oh, please, I'm so oh, fabulous. Great. She's like, she's my superhero. Yeah, and, me too. And I'm, I've been envisioning now for a while that like, she does listen to this podcast yes. and she finds what I have to say. Wonderful and Inspiring. insightful. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Renee, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. So before we do head off, I will make sure that there is access for all of the listeners to get their hands on your beautiful book so that they too can start to unpack for themselves and, Mm. and find that inspiration to, um, 
release their own story, but is there anything else you have going on or you'd like to share in relation to what you're doing right now? Um, I just uh, I have a plant-based cookbook that's uh, out and on Amazon as well, and that's called Unfolding in the Kitchen. So I'm really into healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. You know, my husband and I are both athletes. I'm just um, training for my first half Ironman currently. Yeah, so Unfolding in the Kitchen is on Amazon. And I'm going to be having a wellness box coming out. So if you follow me on Instagram at Deirdre Maloney underscore, I guess we'll put that in the description. It'll be there. And um, (laughs) you can follow along there to kind of keep up on what's going on. Yeah. Fantastic. I will make sure that that is available. And I feel inspired by our conversation and I'm so grateful to have you here. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with today? Cause we said a lot and I know that we covered, <laughs> we, we went all over the place and covered quite a bit, but is there anything you'd like them to walk away with? I think just if you have like that little nudge inside of you that says like, do something or don't do something, just try listening to it. Like try getting more in touch with yourself. And try meditating. If you don't meditate, please try a meditation. Just five minutes. You know, I committed to three weeks of meditation years ago because it takes three weeks to change a habit. And Mm -hmm. I use it now all the time. And it's such a beautiful tool. So get your journal out and start writing and (laughs) meditate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, thank you so much for being with me today. I am so grateful for you and the work that you're doing. And thank you to all the listeners and um, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe wherever it is that you are listening or watching this fantastic episode. And we will see you really soon. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.